Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360, just like that. We are back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee, from the palatial Blackbird Studios. It is time to have some fun. Welcome to Outkick 360 on the Outkick OTT Network. Guys, we are pumped. We are thrilled. March 15th is here. The debut is here. Can I start by just giving you guys a fist bump? Absolutely. Because it has been too long, boys. Two months in the grand scheme of things. Not a long time on earth. (laughs) Two months for us to not be together hosting a show felt like an eternity. Longer than Lent. (laughs) True. Paul, you've been on a cleanse in the last two months. I've, uh, I I didn't get a hell of a lot accomplished in terms of uh, my errand list and cleaning up and all of that stuff, but I did uh, eat well, which I'm continuing, and uh, the Peloton bike that our good friend Kirby told me was going to be a very expensive coat rack that I got for my 50th birthday with contributions from my family that I did not ride regularly now has over 50 rides on it. And, How old uh, are you now? And, and some, so you 50, 52. 52. So, so it was a delayed. Years, it was a nice. delayed response, but I know all the instructors. Uh, sometimes I do some arms and intervals <laughs> on there, and I'm kind of addicted to it. What are those instructors' names? Uh, my top two are Leanne and Hannah. Okay. Though Shout there out, is Leanne a, and Hannah. There is a guy I, I like a lot who does, uh, who does some, too. Important info to start our first yes, show. Yeah. A guy that Paul likes a lot. Yeah, let's start Peloton. a Peloton group. That's, that's what we're doing. It's a big bait and switch, guys. We're actually going to talk Peloton this entire time. We're going to ride bikes show. while we do the show. Tomorrow, it's going to be a big workout routine. Uh, the, the guy that Paul likes is going to instruct us. It's going to be terrific. We are jumping right into it. We're going to get into the NCAA tournament today. We got NFL free agency is going to be well underway as the negotiating period has started across the National Football started League. Started the same time we started. They coordinated very nicely with us. Yeah, your, that's right. team, your team, as of right now, has a harder time re-signing its own people because agents are officially allowed to call from other uh, – uh, I'm sorry, GMs from other teams right. are officially allowed to call your agent. We'll get into all of that and more. And then coming up in hour number two, we will have the Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360, talking all things local, Tennessee Vols, Titans, and much more. But, guys, let's start – with Outkick 360 and the vision that Clay Travis and Sam Savage have for Outkick.com and where we are headed as a show, we are thrilled to be on multiple platforms. You're watching now at YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook Live. We're going to be distributed on podcasts immediately following the show where you can find us on Spotify and much more. Subscribe there. Subscribe everywhere. Outkick.com. 
and eventually we will have a radio platform as well. In fact, coming up in about 45 minutes, we're going to tell you about our first radio partner that's here in the state of Tennessee, so we're excited about that. This is awesome because the, the number one question we get, where can we hear you guys, where can we see you guys, we can answer that and we can say pretty much everywhere. Anywhere your phone goes, everything you have on your phone, you can find us. YouTube page, uh, Instagram after the fact, Facebook, Twitter, you can access our show wherever you get podcasts, up on Spotify right now, iTunes coming soon. And the really cool thing about the vision. Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher also. Coming. I'm not on Stitcher, That's but Paul there. is. He's very hip, very young. For those that don't know, Paul thinks the youngest of the young show. 52. No, he does not. Um, but no, it's, it's cool to see the vision of OutKick and Clay Travis and Sam Savage and the ideas they had for us in this show. And guys, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we wanted to stay together as a trio. Absolutely. It was very yeah. important for us that whatever happened moving forward with the next contract we signed, wherever that was going to be, it was really important that we stay together as a show because we've been at this now for almost a decade. And at the conclusion of this first year without kick of what we hope are very many years to come. That will be 10 years together as a trio. That, I joked about two weeks, feeling like an eternity to not do a show. Two months. One group of three guys doing a show for 10 years in this business is an eternity. It's very rare that you have that sort of continuity. It was important for us to stay together, and this was a place where we could come and stay together, but not only that, where we could grow. Yes, and look, we're not a glacier now. We are a rocket ship. So, you know, we have ideas that don't have to get shoved aside or that aren't things that we can't accomplish. The answer is yes. So we come up with an idea, we can try it out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, and then we say, all right, well, that didn't work. If it does work, uh, you know, then we've got, we've got rocket fuel to go run with it. The rest of OutKick, which is growing, uh, can pick up with it and run with it. As more people come on board with OutKick and they have good ideas, we can attach to those good ideas. That's another reason. This is a nimble organization that can do a lot of things very quickly. Um, you know, in a matter of, uh, this show could have been on air very quickly, but for the two months that we had uh, a non-compete. So we're excited about the ability to generate and execute ideas very quickly. And how about within two months, Neon Media getting the studio built and up and running? Charlie Quartz, Mike King, shout out Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson for making the show happen for us. There are Tremendous many more guys. working behind the scenes as well that we will introduce you to in the coming days and weeks. And a huge thank you to Blackbird Studio with John and Martina McBride, Alan Ditto, and, and the entire crew here. We are in Studio G of the Palace that is Blackbird Studio here in Nashville. Gee, for greatness. One of nine studios, state-of-the-art facility with Blackbird Academy. If you're into audio, you want to go to school for audio production, whether that be live on site for concerts or what have you, or in studio engineering, theblackbirdacademy.com is the website to learn more. How about these digs? We, is... we walked in last week for the first time and saw what they did here. This is perfect. Well, and this kind of goes back to, Paul, what you were saying about you know, we're a rocket ship now, and we can always add things to it. This studio is incredible, and it's just for us, which is awesome. But what you see behind us here, we're going to add to that. If you have ideas about things that you want to see behind us, 
as you watch the show. If you have things you want to give us to put back here, we love that. Could be cool. That goes in line with the ethos of the show. It has to make a very high bar, clear a very yeah, high bar. Yeah, we're not just going to take anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you want your uh, your son's seventh grade runner-up trophy, uh, we're not going to put that behind no. here. But other things we might. So it's really cool. Just and all to of see. this stuff has great meaning. It does. We'll talk it about does. it in time. But this studio in and of itself has great meaning. It's terrific. And, and I think we probably look terrific right And now. Blackbird Studios has <laughs> great meaning to us. Yeah, well, hopefully. Even Chad and I. I please, mean, Hutton always looks terrific. Please tell Paul how good he looks. Faces for radio. Uh, we've got those jokes going. I don't know how my shine is. We're going to have to ask the production team. I have some makeup in a drawer behind us. That could be applied during, during the live break. break we'll, we'll powder Paul's head. Paul uh, is more concerned than any 52-year-old on the planet about his looks and about what people think I'm about I'm just going to look good. I it. tell Paul he looks great all the time. He doesn't listen I to me. I love it. So please tell Paul how good he looks. I'm, I'm being serious all day. Let's I'm fine. Positive reinforcement. Look, when we said we were doing this and I knew we were going to have two months off, I said everybody's going to say, look at the bald guy. But I think I could get myself in position where people don't say, look at the fat bald guy. <laughs> So uh, over the last two months, we've had uh, a chance to introduce ourselves to the Outkick VIPs. If you're joining us, thank you for being with us on day number one. And a huge shout out to our season ticket holders from our former program in the middays. Thank uh, you for your patience. Yes. Thank you for being with us as well. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Today and this week, that is how we're going to do the primary interaction with you through Twitter. Our tweets rolling in, chat. Tweets are rolling in at a fast rate. I'm trying to keep up right now, but th that's what's great about these uh, the setup in here with this studio that was built. Laptop in front of me. I'm monitoring Twitter throughout. We will take questions. We'll take comments. We'll interact with you via Twitter throughout every show that we do. So please hit us up there, and uh, I echo what you said, Hutton. Thanks to everyone who's jumping on board now. Thanks to the OutKick, the broader OutKick community who's embraced us throughout. And also a big thanks for the, the patience of everyone about what this show is. And you know this, guys. A big question we get is, are you national now? Is it going to be a, a national show? What is your show? Let's talk about the Bucks Raptors last night immediately. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's get right into it. Peloton and Bucks Raptors. Yeah. That's what the show I is I love now. the NBA now. It's unbelievable. It's our show, though, right? I mean, it's, it's, yes. it's our show. That's the best way to describe it. Yes. We're going to talk about the teams that are here where we're based in Nashville, particularly during an hour a day. If those spill into broader topics, this is what we've always done. We'll talk about those broader topics. If broad topics nationally uh, turn into narrower topics, we'll, we'll talk about those. Trust us. We, we've done it for nine years. Uh, we, we know how to convert these topics into... Yeah things that sound like three good friends talking at a bar. Uh, and we've got liquor here, so it may wind up being three good friends talking at a bar. I don't think these guys will bartend. It'll be a self-service bar. But you get, no, you we'll get my point. We'll serve drinks for them. They're actually yes. getting drunk right now. <laughs> so then we'll just bring the drinks to them. That'll be part of the show. So you get my point. And there are numerous days where we come in, and the story of the day today is, is, is the NCAA tournament. Now, will we right. talk about UT's place in the NCAA tournament? Absolutely, we will. So it's a combination of everything. The story of the day is sometimes local. The story of the day is, is plenty of times not local. The thing that we end up getting on a tangent about on, on a day uh, could, could be, uh, you know, a, a, a Q-tip incident. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
inside joke well, already. Save that for show find, two, yeah, uh, inside joke that you might find out about on Outkick MVP, a different story. But um, this, uh, you know, we talk about our lives. We talk about subjects. By the way, it's Outkick VIP. VIP. What did I say? MVP. Paul, Paul butchering the description yeah. of something. This Sorry. is also a show staple. So once again, right. and another we example of how spending this is 20 our minutes, show. We could wind up spending 20 minutes on that. But you've generally tw- trusted us if you've known us before to take the conversation to the right place. If you're new to us, that's what we will do. Give us a shot, and, uh, and we're pretty sure that you're going to like where we end up going. We are here to provide the escape for you. During your workday, live each day starting at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern is where you can find us right here, wherever you're watching live, to OutKick 360 on the OutKick OTT network. Guys, for the first time, for me at least, Paul, you, you've switched jobs in the past. Uh, sometimes times. reluctantly, sometimes, you know, Forced. ready to go. Yeah. Um, Mandatory. I got fired from a sneaker store. Mark. What What was it like over the last two months not being able to react to the sports headlines? Because we have not been on since the Tennessee coaching search in football. We have not been on since Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. It was excruciating because the routine was such that we always knew when stories like this broke, oh, it's great to get in a studio and talk about it with, with you guys, but talk about it with our audience also. I, I wanted to know just as much about what our audience thought about big news stories that yeah. did us. Me too. So the inability to interact, we could do it on social media, but the inability to come in and host a show, which is what we do and what we get paid to do, to not be able to do that, I was lost in the wilderness because all these huge stories were hitting. I mean, you got to think, after we signed off for the last time in our previous show, you know, a, a coach was fired at Tennessee, an AD left, an AD was hired, a coaching search happened, a new coach came in, a staff was added, there were staff additions and subtractions with the Titans. I Isaiah, mean, was, Wilson, uh, Isaiah Wilson's out of town for the yeah. Titans. Uh, Hutton's uh, man crush, Tom Brady, as he mentioned, winning a Super Bowl. A lot happened. Yeah. That it, we're going to talk it, it was about hard. throughout. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some catching up segments for sure. Um, it's, it's difficult. Uh, you, you also have your life routine, your work routine. I still had the outlet of writing about the Titans at, at my site and doing an occasional broadcast there. And uh, to be frank, I don't know if you guys felt the same. It had been a long time since we had a, a vacation. We had some furlough time in our previous job. Forced through, vacation. Yeah, forced vacation. But through football season, we don't take time off. Um, and, and so I was ready for some vacation, but two weeks of vacation is about right, especially when you're not at the beach. You know, it's a staycation. Uh, and after that, you, you, you know, the itch is there. Uh, and, and, and it was weird and unfamiliar. And so we're, that, that's a big part of why we're thrilled to be back here and, uh, and juiced up to be not only on the air but in front of a camera. Coming up, it's time to talk about the NCAA tournament. What, what a championship Sunday it was yesterday for the SEC and the Big Ten specifically. Fantastic games that lead to all of the, the pairings for this upcoming week. By the way, the tournament starts on Friday. We've got a watch party coming up for that. going to be you At 6th and Peabody for Outkick VIPs and listeners and viewers to the show. We'll give details on that. We've not talked a ton about what we think about the bracket. We do this yeah. oftentimes, so our first conversation about it is on the air. I've got one big trend that I like. I'm sure Chad has a bunch of things. Chad's and, got his bracket. And Jonathan, we haven't even seen with the bracket out. So lots to come.
Can I give the first tease in show history? Please Will you guys do. allow me the honor of yes. doing that? Absolutely. No double teasing. When we come back, <laughs> I want to discuss paper and why it's important. And it's not because of the office. We all love the show. It's for a different reason. Talking Tourney next on OutKick 360 on the OutKick OTT Network. Stay with us. FanDuel.com slash OutKick360. Actually, make that OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360. That is where you will find the risk-free $50 bet across the state of Tennessee. If you haven't joined FanDuel yet and FanDuel Sportsbook, Now's a great time to do it with the NCAA tournament coming up. Of course, the game's on Thursday with the play-in matchups. Tournament starts on Friday. Go to FanDuel.com slash OK360 to place your first bet. It's risk-free, and it's a promotion that runs uh, from you know, all week through Thursday uh, on March 18th. So that's right before the play-in game. So jump in, get the $50 risk-free bet. Yeah, so right now you get that $50 risk-free bet. Um, you know, do a parlay. Do something complicated. Yeah. You're not risking anything. Right. Get, you get yourself big. some big go odds big. and go. I talked about, I talked about the nimble uh, thing about us working here. The FanDuel app is remarkably nimble. Um, Simple. And you, I, I spend an hour sometimes. I, I might not even make a bet. Just looking through possibilities, scrolling through all the options on one game or looking for a combination of things. It's, it's fantastic. We'll, we'll get the link out there also across all social media. And, and again, it's a risk-free bet. Uh, the offer ends on Thursday evening. So again, log on fanduel.com slash OK360. And that sets up the watch party, which will be live from 6th and Peabody. We'll be broadcasting live this coming Friday, live downtown Nashville for what is going to be a great Tearing day. Tearing ourselves away from Hoops. our beautiful set. Hoops return. We've already got 100 OutKick VIPs signed up. I call them MVPs. Had to, <laughs> Paul calls it MVPs. We've heard a lot of people say, no, I call it this way. No, it's, it's VIPs, whatever Grable. Paul says. Yes, true. <laughs> some, some would say that. Um, so 100 OutKick VIPs will be there. Had to cap it at that because there's going to be some special incentives. By the way, if you're not an OutKick VIP, we highly recommend it. It's very affordable. It's cheap. And I would even go as far as to say you would get the value back in this one event yeah. if you were an OutKick VIP and what you're going to get for free at this watch party. But for everyone else out there, capacity is 392 people at 6th and Peabody, a great venue downtown Nashville. Let's pack it out. It's one of those places with the garage door kind of vibe, open it, it's air enormous. It'll be uh, fresh air, and uh, we'll do our show, then we'll mingle, uh, talk about our parlay. Everybody will talk about their bets. We'll follow what's going on in the UT game. Uh, for local people of interest is right 3 at, at 3.30. So uh, we're a doing lot a special show 9 to 11 a.m. on Friday. Uh, Clay Travis is going to be there with a special VIP event going on right after that. We're going to be there all day and night. Come hang out with us. My goal is to pack it out. Whatever the capacity is, even with limited capacity, it's over 300 people there. It's a huge venue. If you've never been, come join us Friday. We'll be there starting at 9 a.m. You're going to want to get there early, get a spot, Make sure you're there to watch all the NCAA tournament games with us. We're going to set some over-unders. I think because I've had one drink in six weeks, I'll be drunk on a drink and a half. And Chad, <laughs> I think we're setting it at 11 and a half. Right, yes. So uh, we're going to try to get FanDuel to pick those up. I, we don't know. We're, we're, we're new with our 
big connection with them. I don't know if we could get them to pick up on those numbers or not. Paul went in one health direction during this hiatus. I went in a different health direction. So that's well, that'll you be on the And Hutton always is only eating seeds and grains. Can you imagine if seeds, we had a special prop, a special prop that day through FanDuel, <laughs> where only in the venue it would pick up where you could place your bets on how, how many drinks it and would take. And then we would Paul. take like the DUI tests. <laughs> Every every half drink on the way in to see and you know, how drunk we were breathalyzer. Yeah, that would be an easy way to to get. And we have a FanDuel representative there to judge when we hit the over. It's like the old offshore accounts that you could do. Off, I could get some offshore action on how many it'll take Paul. And right now we're setting at two and a half drinks, but we'll find out on Friday. So the, the tournament bracket is out. You guys have been filling out your bracket uh, this morning, as millions of Americans have been doing. Let's just start with yesterday and how great it was to sit with the anticipation of Selection Sunday and the brackets being announced. Because a year ago, we didn't have this. A year ago, we were being sent home, like most of everyone viewing right now, to work from home. And, and, and now, a year later, here we sit hosting OutKick 360 and being able to discuss the NCAA tournament. It's awesome. And it was, I felt that excitement all day. What a great SEC championship Oh, it was game. awesome. It was what great. What a great Big Ten championship with Illinois and Ohio State. Two terrific games. I love those big conference tournaments when you get down to the Final Four and every team is already in the NCAA tournament. So there's not that finality pressure where if you lose, you're going home in those tournaments. But teams let it rip. You can tell that when the team say, hey, we're in it. And Let's want to win. win. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw that on Sunday with the, those championship games. Really cool when you get to see that. It's a little bit different when you're an Ole Miss, for instance, and you've got to win a couple games to have a shot at the tournament. Different level of pressure. It was awesome watching those games and just to have a tournament to talk about. And I to have a Selection Sunday to look forward to. Selection Sunday started a little bit late because the, the Big Ten game went yeah, into went overtime. Over. And guys, paper. Matters again. Everything we're doing. We're coming to you live right now, digitally, on your phone, on your television, on your tablet everywhere. Two computers and a tablet. Paper means less every day, right? Newspapers are dying. Paper everywhere is dying. But the bracket and how holy these brackets are and having the bracket in your hand is one of my favorite things about March. To actually have a physical bracket on you, even if you don't have to, but to have the bracket there. I don't know if you guys are that way. But I love having I like an actual bracket paper. in my hand. I printed immediately. Hey, well, yeah. One other point about conference championships, and I meant to go deeper on this, uh, but I'm pretty sure there was a trend there, and you were talking about some of them being close. There were a lot of championships in the lesser conferences that were not close. How dare you call the Patriot League a like, lesser conference? Uh, America, America. John Feinstein I would just have started, you off the show I, for I, saying that. I, I know what he you knows. Mean. I, I just started going alphabetically. America East, Hartford beat UMass Lowell by 14. American Athletic, Houston beat at Houston's big time, but they beat Cincinnati by 37. There were a lot of scores yeah. in these games that yeah. you you like to see tight and buzzer beaters and your friend text you, hey, you got to flip over to see the end of this, that were huge margins. I, I felt like every time I kept seeing a score, I was like, these games are typically tight, especially in one-bid leagues or yeah. very tight leagues. And they were not tight. Well, uh, even of uh, Nashville, the low percentage interest, of them were tight. Belmont got blown out in the championship game by Moorhead State. And it's almost every year that OVC championship is terrific and right yeah. down to the wire. Yeah, you had a lot of that. Uh, so here's my first. I'll go first. My one thing I'm leaning on my bracket, very heavy Big Ten. Teams that were not Big great. Big Ten and Big 12. Teams that were not great, like Wisconsin, 
teams that were not great, like Michigan State that's in a playoff game, uh, I think out of the pressure cooker of the very good Big Ten against teams that might have been good somewhere else who also would have died with a Big Ten schedule probably are going to do well in this tournament. That's, that's one of my things going in. A couple things that always happens during tournament time, and I, I love all of these things, by the way. Something we've discussed before, your biases start to oh, show. God. Oh. So if it's, if it's Michigan State, if it's Villanova, if it's now for Villanova, that's a good one to have because they typically do very well in the Except tournament. They lost a key game. But I was always a Jay Wright guy, before, even before he won multiple national titles. But you have these teams you always pick to go too far. And you have teams that maybe you always pick to underperform that, that surprise. And the year you back off of the, either one of those, then it The other thing that happens, happens also is this is the time of the year where everybody that you have is going to tell, tell you how much you know, they know about Winthrop, right? So, p- people are going to act like they watch the Big South Conference all year <laughs> awesome. and they know about Winthrop. I see it everywhere. I, I love Winthrop. Can I address this camera right here, right now? So you're going to hear from everyone about Winthrop and how great Winthrop is, how great of a season they had, and how they are going to beat Villanova. The people telling you this have no clue one way or the other. They have not seen a second of Winthrop. Has not happened this year. That being said, I'm picking Winthrop in my 12 over 5 to beat Villanova. Winthrop is going to get it done this year. Well, Villanova lost a key guy, a heart and soul Point guard. guy, yep. right? So that would be a key thing right. in a Winthrop upset. I'm a guy that picks Villanova to go far every year. I'm an old so, Big East guy. But see, I actually love that, though. I love that everyone can pretend they know a lot about these smaller teams and go all in on these teams, right? When you're watching those games and you pick that upset, you go all in on those teams – you are irrationally excited or upset about those teams, right. and you can act like you know a lot about them, even if you didn't watch and a second the of them all it's year. It's probably fourteen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that <laughs> would be closer. We can check Fanduel. Yeah. So my big takeaway is just my reaction to the bracket. There are so many great first-round matchups yep. throughout this, and and potential second-round matchups. Uh, for instance, just uh, and we'll get get into this in the second hour. Oklahoma State against Tennessee in round two could be phenomenal. Right. Could be a great matchup. Now, they've got to get past Oregon State, of course. But a lot of orange in that, in that round. Yeah, but a lot of orange. But, so, initially, if you would have asked me last week my thoughts on the tournament, I would have told you this is the year where we see the top two seeds in each bracket advance. Because of the way the season's been, there are some teams that, that have only played you know, 18 games. There are others that have played 25, 26 games. And you feel like that can catch up with some teams through conference play or the lack thereof. And as I see the bracket announced, I'm more inclined to pick upsets on my bracket than what I thought I would be this year because I would have gone chalk, for the most part, in my initial impression of the way the college basketball season had shaped up. And now I'm looking at Alabama-Iona, and I'm buying into the Patino. Yeah. Against Nate Oates, I love Alabama. The greatest Patino, by but the that way. just unbelievable. That game so is the most sickly. talked about game right now nationally because of the head coaching matchup and because of Iona winning in year one with Patino. Everybody on ESPN picked chalk. I mean, picking a three into the into the final eight was a yeah. big deal or a four. I don't blame them this year. A ton of chalk, though. but a lot I, of them were doing either. what Jay Billis did. Jay Billis said, first and second round, I see a ton of craziness. But then I see chalk yeah. at the end. So he sees a ton of craziness, but he doesn't see ones and twos losing. And 
Well, I think that's what most of well, us So what do you want to see when you get to the second weekend? Yeah, you We want love upset. That's all America roots, too. But I'd like to see one team come. And I'd like to see those guys pick one one team. And generally, one team does come, right? Yeah, you, Typically, we, we want to see the update. sneaks in or, or somebody We want to see these, the Cinderella's. We want to see the Cinderella's for the first two games. But not in the Sweet 16. And then we see television ratings after right. that. Yeah. You're not excited about them when they're going into the Sweet 16 or into the Elite Eight. But you're excited as hell when they win in the first two rounds. Right. And I'd trade that. I'd rather see the wins in the yeah, first two too. rounds. And then not be that fired up about them being in the Sweet 16. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd, I'd take that trade off every time. Nova only six and a half point. Yeah, I knew that uh, would be closer. Six and a half point. Yeah, Abilene Christian's exciting if they beat Texas in round one. Abilene Christian's not exciting. Going in the game In two. the Sweet 16 yeah. if they get past right. the, the second round. But what else stands to out to you, Chad? So, uh, one thing that I think is, is, this is where the Big Ten, you mentioned the Big Ten, Paul. Do they have an advantage because... They stayed in Indianapolis. They had the tournament there. And if you were out last week at some point, no one went back to their campus. They stayed there to get ready for the bubble. The entire tournament happening in Indianapolis. I I am curious if there's an overall style of play upgrade or lack of fatigue because it's very different. Even in Nashville, here in Nashville, SEC tournament, Tennessee is an example. They went over and had shoot-arounds at Memorial Gym when they were out on Saturday. They've stayed here the whole time. They flew out this morning to go to Indianapolis. Never went back to Knoxville. They're going to be there all week, getting ready for a Friday game, having shoot-arounds, staying in the same hotel. And that advantage that the Big Ten teams have, that they never had to leave Indy. Meanwhile, and They're UVA, going to stay right there in their bubble the whole time. Meanwhile, UVA, it's not quite a bubble. What's the term they're using? It's like a, it's looser than a bubble, for yeah. whatever that's It's worth. a citywide bubble. Yeah, but UVA... For the it, most part. UVA is not getting there until late, like Thursday after their COVID thing. So yeah. here's a question, and we know the the first four out are alternates and could be replacements. Does this tournament lose a team to COVID on its way to Indianapolis or as it gets to Indianapolis? And how wild would it be to see Louisville just plugged into whatever slot empties out? It right. could be a one. It could be a 15. Well, I think and that it, would be a wild story. It would be. Uh, so the, the deadline for a team, to, like teams? Ole Miss, Ole Miss is on standby. The deadline is Tuesday for Ole Miss to enter the tournament. Yep. And it, once they get past Tuesday, there is no team that will replace another team in the tournament once they start then play. Then it's a forfeit. Then it's a, it's a no, contest, no contest is the way they're going to phrase it. But you only need five win. healthy players. Set, but you need play. seven on the roster. Yeah. You need seven on the roster But what's to contact play. tracing do? Well, like if one of your guys has it, are other guys out because they've been around that guy? I don't know the permutations. Well, so of Tony all of that. Bennett said most of his team has been contact traced. Would not give a specific number, but well, he said as of right clear. now, most of the team has been contact traced, and they're going to have to wait to see. So well, all of those teams are in the clear as of now to go UVA, yeah, Kansas. But if you're filling out your bracket right now, I don't know what the hell to do with Virginia against Ohio because right. I don't know who's out. You know, no they way. haven't released who's no got way. it. Who's, who's, who's going to be contact traced? Who's going to be out? But point being, it, it, with that instability, you don't really know exactly yeah, who's going to be It's another curveball in the middle of the right. tournament, which makes it, you know, it's not something you want, but well, it makes it even more intriguing. You brought up the replacement. If Louisville comes in as a 16 seed and you get the second oh. ever 16 over a one because it's Louisville. Yeah, it doesn't count. 
I mean, that's going to be a big controversy, though, right? Like, you earn a number one seed and you get – got to take care of business. It's not the First same and as, foremost, as but Baltimore, If Maryland. I'm Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, or Michigan, and my team has a COVID issue and I have to play Louisville in the first round, there's nothing fair about that. Oh, no. When you play an entire season to earn a number one seed, you're expecting Hartford. You're not expecting Louisville. So that's going to be an issue if something like that happens. And on the flip side, we mentioned it, what if a number one seed – is out and Louisville gets a slide into a spot where they've got a really good opportunity to get to the second weekend could. or beyond as a one seed. It would have to happen. It's, it's going to have to happen fairly soon, though, yeah. for them to get in. Period. Otherwise, it's just then, then we're looking at a no contest. Yeah, and that sucks and a too. You got a blank TV slot in a in a you know what we're we're counting on being yeah. all those games overlapping and the window where you've got two or three games at a time, and all of a sudden... I think they've set up a good plan. There's a blank slate. I, mean, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's the best thing to do. It's the best they could do. There, there is no... And compared to last year... There is no good bring plan, it on. right? Like, this is, it's a selection of bad plans, and that's the whole COVID-19 thing. We're talking about a, a choice of bad plans. I think it's the, probably the best of what they could do. Yeah. I've got no big issue with it. Here's what I think about this year's tournament. America will be Gonzaga fans. Yeah, I think they so are the odds-on favorite. They are undefeated. They have a chance to become the first undefeated national champion since 1976 in Bobby Knight and Indiana's team that year. Everyone roots for Mark Few. No one has bad feelings about Gonzaga. It's like they have a bunch of bitter rivals out there that don't like Gonzaga. Even their I'm conference pulling, roots for them, right? I'm pulling for Gonzaga to win it all. I think a lot of America, for betting interest, because they're going to be such a favorite, and just for the good feelings you'll get if Mark Few wins that national title at Gonzaga. I think this is Gonzaga's year. This is Gonzaga's bracket. And this is, that's the storyline, is can Gonzaga go in there and do what maybe people thought they should have done before at this point, but well, win a national title? I think title. you're right. It's the do factor. Right. Villanova had a little of that. They, they were yeah. beyond do when their time came. Butler had that, uh, well, Butler kind of came out of nowhere. Guns, uh, the thing about the Zags is that they've grown this program from nothing. That's another reason you root for them, right? They, they grew the program from nothing. And now they are a major college basketball program, which, what, Chad, 12 years ago even? Nobody had heard of them. And now, oh, longer than that, longer than that, yeah. twenty years ago, yeah, twenty years ago, they were ago, coming onto the scene about fifteen years like ago, like the late nineties, right. so fifteen is or twenty when years they were ago. Announced themselves. Though, but like this is Dan something Dickow. that does not yeah, happen late 90, you're right. in other sports. In college football, there's no such thing as growing a program out of nothing, and so I think America really likes that too. That you can grow a college basketball program from nothing and become a regular candidate to go to the Final Four the way they, they are. Look at their bracket, though. And again, this is my, going back to my initial impression. So in the second round, they're getting Oklahoma or Missouri. And as you continue to go down the bracket on their potential matchups, you see a lot of solid defensive teams. We know what Virginia is capable of defensively. Kansas, Iowa as the two seed. Iowa's really good. You know, how do these defenses match up against what Gonzaga has done offensively all year? Yeah, that's no clear path, obviously. I don't know that these any of them are real I know. clear paths. I mean, these 8-9 games, for these number one seeds, you talk about getting the, the benefit of the doubt being the number one seed. Oklahoma, Missouri. LSU. Who's LSU got? St. Bonaventure. Very good. I mean, LSU is an eight seed. 
Name four better, more talented players on any and roster than what LSU can bring That's Michigan's to the table. draw in ground two. Michigan's, yeah, Michigan's draw is that in the 8-9 game. you got Loyola, Chicago, and, and Georgia Tech as another 8-9. And then North Carolina, Wisconsin. I mean, I know well, Oklahoma. Wade Baylor we'll in the get, second right. round. I know Oklahoma's Crazy. played poorly lately, but they beat West Virginia twice, Kansas, Texas, Alabama, back to back to back. I mean, Tough to find a team that could do that. You get them in a tournament. I mean, if they're playing well, what? Uh, give me a resume that's better than that. I mean, it's why we love the tournament too, because these teams that are at these major conference at-large teams, you can go down the list and see the wins for these teams and say, boy, that this team could beat anyone. We're gonna talk about Tennessee more later. Tennessee should have beat Alabama. Alabama's a two seed. I've got them close to the Final Four. A lot what of people are putting them in the Final one. Four. And it took a collapse in the second half for Tennessee to lose. Point being, that's a five seed. You look at their wins. You look at Oklahoma's wins you just went through. These teams can beat anyone, and that's why we love it. Here's, here, usually they say one number one got a really easy path. I haven't heard a lot of conversation about that. I look at it. I'm no college basketball expert by any means. It's not my cup of tea. I've done a lot of reading and looking. I don't see that one of these brackets is particularly soft. Yeah, it's tough to – There's a lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns. Like you said, there are a lot of teams that have played a lot more games and a lot of teams that have played a lot of fewer games. There's some teams that have gone three weeks without playing a game, all kinds of variables. With that being said – But I don't – nobody said, boy, the South is soft. Specifically Gonzaga, right? That's the one that everyone – every bracket show you watch. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put Gonzaga in the Final Four. I think they're going to get there. But right, you Gonzaga, just listed the teams. That they're they going to beat Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Then it's going to be Oklahoma or Missouri. Mm-hmm. Brought up Hutton. Then it's going to be Virginia. At that point, you would think in the second week, a fully healthy Virginia team that has been there and done that. By the way, they're the reigning national champion. Didn't have a tournament. You know, last or if year. there's an upset they won there, in 2019. Creighton had a good season yeah. in the Big East. UCSB is is a is a very good team. Creighton's you know, not if, beating if they were pulling, I don't think so either. I think they're dead now. But Iowa would be the next matchup for Gonzaga. Terrific team, One of the best offenses in America. What a great player. Terrific team. It's just, I and mean, it, it gets tough. Coming up, we discuss who's not in this tournament. Duke and Kentucky. Uh, and the impact of that. Also, Why is Syracuse in? NFL free agency is up and running. Players are about to agree to contracts uh, that will be announced on Wednesday. But the negotiating period is wide open. We'll give you the latest headlines. And your reaction, Chad, at Outkick360 is how our viewers and listeners can react to us in real time today. We've had great reactions so far, including one person, one viewer, who wants to send a big thank you on behalf of his wife to one member of our show. We accept. (laughs) That will be the first tweet read when we come back. Outkick360 on the Outkick OTT Network. Outkick 360, and you can find us at Outkick.com across the Outkick OTT network. If you're watching live on YouTube through the Outkick channel, Facebook Live, Twitter, uh, wherever you may be finding us. Glad you're with us for the debut show. We are live from Blackbird Studio in the Blackbird Academy. Studio G for the Outkick 360 Studios. 
alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Great crew on hand as well, making the show happen for us. Ch Paul, Chad, you mentioned the backdrop earlier. Uh, we want to give a, a shout out uh, to, uh, first I'll reference this, the Nick is here sign. Um, our, our friends, Craig Nance and Aaron Hill, um, brought us this last week. And Nick Moses was a communications sergeant in the 5th Special Forces Group serving in Iraq and Afghanistan and was killed on this day in 2012. We honor Nick. Nick is with us here today. Um, shout out to Nick and his family and um, thank you for your service. Thanks. Uh, it's an honor that they wanted this on our set or asked if we would be willing to, to have it and of course we were. NickMoses.org uh, is the website that's NIC for Nick and we will display this as long as we possibly can on our set. Um, but again, we, we're happy to do that, and uh, thanks to Craig and Aaron for letting us be a part uh, of, of the remembrance of Nick Moses. Craig and Aaron, by the way, will be live with us this Friday. We're yeah. going to be watching the tournament. Craig and Aaron, two of the best guys anyone will ever Terrific know also, dudes. and I know Nick was exactly the same way, yeah. uh, the way they talk about him. So I echo what you guys said. Big, big thanks for, for that service, and big thanks to Craig and Aaron, and big thanks to Craig and Aaron for being there on Friday. Six and Peabody, come hang out with us. NCAA Tournament Watch Party. We're going to be there all day and all night. We're going to be there 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. with a special show. We're going to have a lot of specials going on, food, drink specials. Come hang out with us. We're going to be there watching games, having fun. We're going to be there with FanDuel. We're going to be placing bets. It's going to be a great time, and I really look forward to that. Also, we posted a link, if you follow us, at Outkick360 on Twitter. T-shirts are up. So if you like the logo... You want to get a t-shirt, you can go online, hit that link, buy. Also, if you're going to be there Friday, we're going to be on site with t-shirts. So you can show up, buy t-shirts there as well. We so love this that. logo, which you can see down here. A lot of time and effort went into it from our uh, lot of behind-the-scenes <laughs> people. Yeah, hand modeling our here. Our Vanna White uh, You <laughs> can see uh, a slight echo of uh, where we've been and certainly uh, a big reference to who we are now and what we're going to be. But it looks great on this t-shirt, and uh, you'll have uh, a lot of great merchandise. And I'll tell you what, Outkick makes the softest t-shirts, whoever their uh, person is, whoever their company is. It's, it's outrageously good. They are this, very comfortable. This logo looks great. Um, the studio looks great. We probably don't look great, but bear with uh, us on that. Uh, Video is a new element to this show. Right? This is our first time That's right, yeah. really doing a show, our show you gotta get on used video. To it. This is going to be our show. I think if you've listened to us before and you're listening to us now, then you're going to see that and hear that. If you're listening to us for the first time, hello, and hopefully you like it. Um, but the video hello, element hello. is something new. So the first tweet we're going to read on Outkick 360. It's a big moment. Is dealing with the video element. This comes from a big Patrick. moment. Here it is. And that's, that the symbolizes bell. the big moment. One more time for everyone. Thank you. This is what the bell sounds like. Perfect. Patrick writes, great start, guys. And my wife appreciates the view of Hutton's legs and groin. How about that? Did you oh, I didn't notice that camera way down. The secret low shot. Yeah, uh, it's very unfortunate 
very unfortunate. And, uh, and keep that. You need a bigger iPad. You need. People you need are, not the regular iPad. That giant no, iPad. There's no. Uh, there's no proper way for a man to present his glory yeah. on camera, right? That's I mean, right. this is a problem for all men that's on camera. If you're sitting down, it's for all mankind, and seated, it's just. It's really not a good way to do it. So I think Hutton, his Patrick's wife, appreciates it. I think Hutton does as good a job as anyone is of presenting the groin on camera, <laughs> but it's really hard to get the right balance of how to do it. You and I at least have Bro, angles you know, going for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of turning this way. Got some geom- and still, geometry. I put my leg up, here's you know, here's not- really what is going to expose us. Uh, pardon the pun. <laughs> is the fact well that you. I wear I, I probably wear the like two pairs of jeans like for the entirety yeah. of my life. I've been shopping. You know what I mean? Like, when you get that right pair of pants, you can't go away yeah. from it. When it fits perfectly, yeah. yeah, it's tough to go away from those. Well, I'm back into this paradox of choice thing that I've talked about a bunch. I talked about it on the Outkick VIP thing I did on Sunday. There are so many jean brands now, it's ridiculous. In one store, I tried on at least six different brands, and I've <laughs> mail-ordered two other brands. And by the way... I mail ordered the wrong size. So as soon as they arrive, I will be shipping them out to get a different size. Paul's going to show too up. Much, there's too much choice. When you show say mail order, I think of two things. Brides, Brides. And also, like, you're, are you, wrong size, are you, you ordering say. stuff out of a JCPenney catalog? <laughs> no. I mean, mail order, I think of ordering online. Well, and but then you know what happens? As soon as I look at jeans Sears and online, <laughs> every ad for everything I'm in reading, I'm reading all this tournament stuff, yep. what's every ad? Jeans. A different gene. I go, oh, this, uh, looks, this looks different than the other 16 genes they have ads you I've now. looked at. That's how you know right. they have you. Right. So I'm going to have five different pair of genes show up in the mail, try them all on, say, okay, I need a 33, not a 32, and then wait six weeks, and then you'll see those genes next to Hutton's grind. Paul's going to come back in wearing uh, the cargo pants and the uh, carpenter pants. From, <laughs> from back in I'm the not day. doing throwbacks, no. Paul's going to do some housework, and he's going to come over the carpenter pants <laughs> with the hammer. In the, now, see, Chad uh, has forgotten me in two months. He thinks I'm going to yeah. do housework. True. That's the funniest thing we've said so far. Hey, so the first time since 1976 that we have not seen Duke and Kentucky in the tournament. I love it. I love it. I particularly love it for Kentucky because I hate Kentucky fans, and I'm sorry but, if that turns you off. Kentucky fans are the most miserable sorry, fans not sorry. in the world. There will be there will be a part of me though that misses rooting against them as the tournament starts. Yeah, but starts. the problem with rooting against them in the tournament is that they might win. <laughs> and then you're miserable. Yeah. And you don't really know why you're miserable because you don't really care I that just much. Don't but you just don't want to see joy from those, so how about those the, people. The controversy of so Mitch Barnhart's the chairman of the committee in right. Kentucky. Louisville's left out. Yep. And uh, Seth Davis on the selection show asked specifically about Louisville was his final question. And you know, what, what do you say to Louisville? And Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Who's better? Sorry, Louisville, not sorry. Louisville yeah. or Syracuse? You know way better than I. I, I mean, look, you're, when you're talking about these teams that are in the, the first four in, last, I mean, they're all very similar. It's negligible. Difference. Right. I mean, and their resumes are similar. I, yeah. You could make an argument for either one. You can make an argument for Louisville over, let's go to different conferences, Michigan State or UCLA. You know, I, I'd probably rather make the argument for Louisville over one of those teams than maybe even a Syracuse. But I, by the way, It love. is funny, a funny coincidence that when Mitch Barnhart and his Kentucky Wildcats are out, when he's the chair, also Louisville over. also out. And that was really the one bit of controversy, right? There weren't a lot of other teams screaming about not being in the tournament. I'm sure they're mad, but... I guess media wasn't screaming about them not making the tournament I outside of Louisville. I love a first four matchup, and we've moved a little bit more this direction where 
it's not all teams that you've hardly heard of in the first four. And to have a Michigan State, UCLA, two storied right. teams playing in the first round, I mean, that's probably no accident either. You get a lot more eyeballs on a game like that than you get on a on Thursday. Valdosta State yeah. and Southeast Missouri or, who, you know, whoever. I would be playing all those games on one day too. Yes. The way they're going to have it starting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon really, on Thursday. And Clay pointed this out when I was on with, with him. That's really the basis for the Friday to Monday weekend is that because the first four is on Thursday and they want it all bunched together, right? So you're starting the tournament on Thursday at the same site and everything. It's not a separate thing that's significantly earlier. So they play Thursday, Saturday, conceivably Monday if they were to win. So our friends at FanDuel giving you a chance to swing big and get your money back on a risk-free bet. If you don't win, $50 risk-free bet. Chad's telling you to take Winthrop as a part of your parlay this week. Sign up, FanDuel.com slash OK360. Take them on the money line. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Hour one in the books for OutKick360. Coming up, we have the Tennessee Power Hour. Stick with us on the OutKick OTT Network. Outkick 360 rolls on with the Tennessee Power Hour. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us for the inaugural show. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, if you're listening live in, in Knoxville, Fox Sports Knoxville, the first affiliate. You always remember your first. Always Thanks remember your first. Thanks for having us. It is great to be on God's 1340 country. WKGN and 1057 in Knoxville as we kick off the Tennessee Power Hour. We're going to do this each day. Uh, once we get things rolling, we will be a four-hour show starting at noon Eastern, 11 Central, and we will go for four hours talking all things sports, local and regional. The SEC footprint is the idea focus for us, the ideal focus for us, uh, but we want to also keep a very local focus with the show and that is with the state of Tennessee. We're going to talk all things Vols, Titans, Preds, local sports across the great state of Tennessee at least one hour per day. Again, big shout-out, I want to say also, to Nate Hodges in Fox Sports Knoxville, great station in East Tennessee. Excited to have them on board, excited for them to be our first affiliate on what we hope is going to be a large radio network that spans multiple states, and we think that's going to be the case. Call us. So, if you want in. Call yes, us. absolutely. And uh, we're excited to have them on board. Excited to do this because another question we got was, are you guys still going to talk Titans, Vols, Preds, Vandy, Memphis sports? And we said the answer, absolutely. Yes, we're going to yes, do that, and yes, that's where we're going to yes, be doing yes. that in this hour every single day. Yeah, that's uh, bread and butter. There's a lot to get to with the Tennessee Titans over the last two months since we've last been on air. We're going to hit that and more coming up this hour. But let's start with the Tennessee Volunteers and uh, the basketball program, which seems to be heating up at the right time. The question is, is it enough? We, we saw them kick into gear come tournament time and towards the end of the regular season. Uh, Fulkerson out. We don't know how long. We don't that know the effect of that vicious, yeah, vicious and, and malicious elbow. Um, 
But as they enter the tournament against Oregon State, Chad, your, your thoughts initially on the matchup and the draw as a five seed. Did the five seed surprise you? The five seed did not surprise me. I thought if they won against Alabama, they would be a four. And I thought if they won the SEC title the next day, they'd be a three. I thought they had a chance in those games to move up a line each time because it does look like they're the they're the 19th overall seed. I think they were the top five seed or maybe the second yeah. five seed. So yeah. they're right there on that four or five line. Tennessee all year has been a team that they can look great and blow out Kansas, who's a three seed in the tournament. Um, you know, they beat Colorado uh, earlier in the year also, who's maybe the best team in the Pac-12 throughout the year. And they can look terrible. I think you saw some of that in that one game against Alabama. Great for a half and then the first four minutes of the second half and then went just through a miserable stretch where they couldn't score. I was sure they had Alabama, that game in hand. I left the house. Yeah, Alabama like, comes done. back into it. And, and the way Alabama plays and how they shoot the three and can drive, that that's going to happen. But I think you're right. I think three straight good games, right? They beat Florida by double digits at home. They beat Florida again, who's a seven seed, uh, in the SEC tournament. Play, I thought, pretty well against Alabama. Took them to the wire. Um, not having Fulkerson hurt them in that game. I, I don't know that they win if he's there, but it certainly would help to have a, a post presence that they did not have in that game. Well, and as his play picked up, the team's play picked up. Yeah, yeah it's funny because he was killing them for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. He yeah. wanted them off the floor. And now they lose him, and you're like, oh, man, that's going to kill him. Well, he was great against – That's how volatile the season's been for a lot yep. of people. Yeah, yep. he was great against Florida in the win in Knoxville. But, I mean, look, I see Tennessee as whatever happens in this tournament, you're going to be shaking your head. I think they could lose by 15 or 20 to Oregon State. I think they could go to the Elite Eight. And I think either way you're just going to be left shaking your head with this team because they've been so inconsistent. They're very talented. They've got two freshmen that are going to be first-round NBA draft picks. That started to come on as the season went on. Springer's disappeared a little bit lately, has not played his best ball. Keon Johnson's been great, especially in the SEC tournament. He's turning it on. So I see the Vols. I, I like them against Oregon State. I think it's a good matchup for them. I don't think Oregon State, they went on a late run. They're hot. They've won but, six of seven, and they've and during that stretch, or at least the tournament stretch, they were shooting 44% from three. That's their game. And the only loss was the championship yeah, game. Yeah, right. That's what worries you is that they're just a hot team. I think Tennessee's the better team. Oregon State is the hotter team right now. But overall, when I look at the matchup, I, I don't hate it. I think it would be a great game against Oklahoma State if we see that with Cade Cunningham, oh, the yeah. best player in America, against Tennessee. So there's some good possibilities out there for Tennessee. I hear all this about Rick Barnes, though. One thing I want to talk about was, you know, this is typical Rick Barnes basketball, and this is Rick Barnes in March and this and that. Rick Barnes is now in his 25th NCAA tournament. Tennessee as a basketball program has been to 23 NCAA tournaments in their history. So Rick Barnes, their current coach, has been to more tournaments than the University of Tennessee. I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm a Tennessee grad. I'm fine with Tennessee going to the NCAA tournament regularly. Let's not get too carried away. Do I want more out of this team? Absolutely. Do I think they should make the Sweet 16? Yes. To me, that would be success for this group, is to win two games in the tournament. But I'm also not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, Tennessee's got to go in a different direction. Because look at all those SEC teams that have no shot pretty early in the season of going to the NCAA tournament. I'll take the tournament. I'll take being a five seed in a bad year. This is a disappointing year for Tennessee, and they're a five seed. I'll take that as opposed yeah. to what they could be and what we've seen in the past. What do you think of uh, the, the 12s they could have drawn? You, you said Lenardi in our text chain had them facing Georgetown initially. I, I thought that was a bad matchup. I saw a lot of Georgetown 
uh, this weekend. They obviously were hot, like Oregon State was hot, a little hotter because they finished the tournament. I thought that would have been a bad matchup. Uh, the other ones here, UCSB, right, and uh, Winthrop, who you yeah. said earlier today you like, particularly against Villanova. Well, the, uh, the, how'd they fare there? The twelve five almost feels like the old seven ten. Yeah, that's how it, close these games, the margin for error, has become. But I would rather, uh, if you're Tennessee, I think, I think uh, UC Santa Barbara is a worse matchup. I think Georgetown is a worse matchup. Um, and I'm looking for the other Winthrop. 12 seed Winthrop. Yeah, I, I, I think Oregon State, even though they're the power conference team in this mix, may be the best matchup for Tennessee. It's interesting. Yeah, the other thing, uh, though, just real quick, Hutt, is uh, we talk about these teams being hot coming in. And I, I wish I had better point of reference from previous years. But I wonder how much being hot carries over when you're waiting until at least Thursday you know, you'd rather be hot than not coming in, obviously. Sure, yeah. But how much does it carry over? You're, you're uh, traditionally traveling somewhere, maybe not that far for uh, for a championship, championship uh, top top seed. But now everybody's going to Indianapolis. How many teams carry it over, and how many teams cool off in those four days with the change of venue? I think and it, COVID protocols now and, and everything. It's a good question. I think it varies, Chad, because of the rhythm that teams can get in. I think it was in, extremely important for Tennessee to get into a rhythm and get hot, right? Yeah, like, for sure. They it, needed to even get, in they their loss to Alabama. Yes. that was a nice performance. They needed to get right after that awful performance at Auburn. Right. With Auburn, without their best player, Sharif Cooper, and the way mm -hmm. Auburn handled them in that game, they had eight days after that game to get ready for Florida. They came out flat against Florida. They were good defensively. They came out flat, fell behind 14. But to beat Florida in that game, to beat Florida again, you know, that's two more wins over an NCAA tournament team, which is nice. And then to have Alabama on the ropes, even though they lost. I, I, I'm with you, Hutton. They needed that. They needed some good performance. They didn't they, – that was a team that could not afford to come to Nashville and lose by 15 they in the first lively. game. They were they lively. They needed to do team. something, and that's what they did. And the hope is now you have that carryover into the NCAA tournament. But even that, I, I wouldn't classify them as hot based on the fall apart against Alabama, which was very disappointing. Yeah. Oregon State's hot. I mean, Oregon State's playing above their playing weight. Yes. Fall apart against Alabama, season. but again, they did it without Fulkerson, yeah. who was the reason why they caught fire down the stretch. Right, His, his play improved. And then he was knocked out, and so was Tennessee. Yeah, and there's got to be some kind of real oh, let's penalty, talk about this. Let's talk about this elbow for doing that. I mean, two swipes. You get a little bit on the first one. The second one's a knockout punch. There's got. I mean, outside of being ejected, there, that guy has to suffer some serious consequences. He, he needs we to talk get about this every time. I know that he apologized. He and, handled and it well. Afterwards, was very classy. classy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that, that's great. He called Fulkerson the next day. He issued the apology. Kid needs to be suspended. I mean, you can't go wrecking someone's face violent, on purpose. Act. And then eliminating Fulkerson from the rest of the SEC tournament, and maybe the rest of his career. I know he went to Knoxville to have a procedure done on the orbital bone of his eye, and now he's back with the team. You hope he can play and he's with going the to Indianapolis, and maybe he can play with the Shield. But even so, you, you can't have that. I joke, but I think it would be really funny and, and make for fun theatrics. If you had a flagrant three, if you upped it a level, if you could go to a monitor and show that there was intent to take someone out of a game, not just a flagrant foul, but an intent to injure someone permanently where they can't re-enter the game. Yeah. If that player has to check out permanently, you can cuss someone, you break their orbital bone like that game. The 
offended coach has 30 seconds to go to the scores table and announce <laughs> who is eliminated for that team. That eliminates the possibility of paying a bench player coming in and him. knocking Tennessee's starting player out of the game. And how much fun would it be if Rick Barnes could go to the uh, – the, or anybody could go to the scores table and say, you know what, Trey Mann's got to go. Get him out of here. When he's got 28 points in the game at that point, and then he has to get up off the bench and walk to the locker room because his teammate did something also, like that. Also, I don't know the intricacies of this. I, I It'll never happen, but it's fun to think about. You're going to the monitor to, to finalize that whole thing. But the official under the basket clearly saw what happened and immediately blew the whistle. Why, can he not just eject the guy straight away, then, then go to the monitor to assess everything and everything? But he's watching what unfolds. I want him yeah. to immediately point at Payne and, he and said he's say, out. get the GTFO. Yeah, GTFO, you're out. I, I mean, yes, but that is one that I'm okay with them if it's the question of an ejection, of immediately going to the monitor. That, that ref probably knows that at that off. point. You know, when Fulkerson's lying on the ground in pain and he, he's pretty sure he knows what he saw. But if the issue that you have there is a fight almost occurs, right? I think it was Ease Ponds got in the guy's face, which I liked. Immediately I'm thinking, you got to go to bat for your teammate when you see that. So you're trying to make sure that that is done first if you're the official so there's no other fights, altercations happen. Once that happens, go to the monitor, look at it, make the right call, which they did in the game. The kid should have been ejected, and he was. Coming up on the Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360, we will discuss the ball's path across this bracket. Also, the Tennessee Titans. Free agency is about to begin. We'll give you a primer for that. What has happened salary cap-wise for this team? and how it's going to impact what they can do on the open market, and how the open market is already starting to shape itself with a few pass rushers that have agreed to contracts. That's all coming up on OutKick 360 on the OutKick OTT Network. OutKick 360 rolls on on the OutKick OTT Network. Glad you're with us for the inaugural show. And it is the Tennessee Power Hour that we continue with. We're going to get back to the Vols and the bracket in a moment. But let's transition, guys, to the Tennessee Titans. The offseason is here. Free agency is here. The big three free agents to follow, Corey Davis, Jayon Brown, and Jonu Smith. And one of those has already agreed to terms that will be official on Wednesday. Jonu Smith, gone. Adam Schefter reports his deal with the New England Patriots four years $50 million includes $31.25 million fully guaranteed. That's directly from Drew Rosenhaus, one of the few agents who has the stones to put his name on stuff. Granted, it's stuff that's advantageous for him, but everybody else just tells ESPN to say sources. Drew Rosenhaus, to his credit, puts numbers on it. I thought Johnny Smith... Tell us your real frustration with that, first and foremost, about agents doing that. I just don't understand why you have to source information that is clearly coming from you and is beneficial. Like, is the team going to be pissed at you? They know it's you whether your name's on it or not. I don't right. understand why not. Johnny Smith, to me, was the most important free agent. I think he's a huge identity guy for the Titans offense. I think too many people caught up in his receiving numbers and just completely discount. This is a fantasy, uh, fantasy football result, completely dismissive of his role in the run game. First off, he had eight touchdowns, seven, seven of his eight touchdowns, I think, by the time Taylor Lewan went down and Johnny Smith then had to shift into a role that was hugely consequential 
in Derrick Henry's 2,000-yard season. The guy could block. The guy could catch. He can run away from people. He's tough. He's physical. He's team first. He's all the things the Titans talk about wanting in players. And I don't think you can go find tight ends like him so easily in free agency or the draft. Corey Davis, I think, is going to be replaceable. Jayon Brown, you have David Long on the team who could play that role, maybe not as well, and I think you can draft guys like that. To me, Jonu Smith is tough to replace. I don't know if they should have paid him this much money, but I think he leaves a big hole in the roster. Now Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swaim are also going to be free agents. You want those guys back, but those two and Ferks are, are not graduating in the Jonu Smith role. Well, so... This is the dilemma that teams face whenever you choose to pay a running back. The deal that is reported is almost identical to the terms that Derrick Henry agreed to last offseason. Four years, $50 million. When you pay a running back, you lose another player. And That's a good point. You know, you, most teams don't pay their running backs. They draft their running backs and let them go to free agency. The difference with the Titans is they paid their guy and Derrick Henry is producing and then some. And th this is one of those cap casualties. And I say it because they didn't franchise tag Jonu Smith, who I thought of the free agents fit within that category of potential tag. Or transition. Transition, or, or a transition was tag. two million, two and a half million less. But when you sign, and, and Paul, you can chime in on this too, when you sign the tag as a player, that money cannot be prorated. So it's counted against your cap immediately. The Titans don't have don't a have ton of space. Um, there's not, uh, just looking at the free agent list of tight ends, there's not a glaring group out there that jumps out to me that says, oh, that's the guy that can come in and be John New Smith. There are players available, uh, players available in the draft as well, but I, I agree with what you're saying about the well-rounded player, especially what he meant within this offense and what he did for Tannehill and the passing game early on right out of the gate. Uh, he was a big reason for their, for their quick start in 2020. It feels like a, a, if you're going just basic level elementary win or loss for a team. This is a loss for the Titans. It's not a, oh, well, now you've got money to go do this. Yeah. Is there the opportunity cost of signing him with what you may have now? Does this lead to something else? Maybe. But I don't know how you look at this as anything other than an L for the Titans. One guy I'd look at now, Gerald Do you agree Everett. or disagree? Oh, yeah. No, I think it's okay. bad loss. Gerald Everett from the Rams. He only played 57% for the Rams. Uh, nothing higher than 40% in his first three seasons. He can get you some yards after the catch. He's going to break some tackles. He can play on the line or flex out. Not the blocker uh, by any means. Right. Um, but, you know, I think Ferks are, people keep saying he's unrestricted. He's not. He's a restricted free agent. He's definitely going to be back. Yeah, Ferks are, and then. He can be your receiving tight end. And they can bring back Swaim as well. Swaim and, and or Michael Pruitt can be your blocking. But where's the guy who can do both? Uh, you know, you're giving away what you're doing right now based on who's on the field when you have those guys right. back. Um, so he's uh, it, it's a it's the element a big, of surprise is out the window because yeah, you've got two specialists. It's a big loss. Or are they shifting now more towards three wide? Well, if they're shifting more towards three wide, they better they better damn hell get some wide receivers because Corey Davis is going to be the next guy out the door. Adam yeah, Humphries is already is gone. gone. They've got one wide receiver right now, AJ Brown. And if you look at their depth wide receivers, they're nobody. Cam Batson is a little bit intriguing. After that. If you're counting on any of these guys to mature into a top three wide receiver, 
I think you're being very prayerful and hopeful. They've got a lot of work to do. They've got 16 to $17 million. I wrote this morning a little bit about uh, why maybe they're not restructuring Ryan Tannehill. Is it a, a potentially a cash flow issue? They could get $20 million in cap room from restructuring him, but they've got to have that money one way or another by April 1st. So you have it now or you have it by April 1st. For your top 51 there's no, players. There's no, yeah, there's no new cash flow coming to the Titans between now and April 1st anyway. So they could have a cash flow difficulty because Amy Adams Strunk and the other three who are, have 50% of the team just spent $515 million to buy out Susie Adams Smith. So that's a huge expenditure. So what's the liquidity like in terms of having money to restructure people? Well, that money may already be funded. But then to pay big bonuses and to fund guarantees for guys coming in the fall, it could be a little bit of an issue. We don't know, but it could be an issue. So John Smith to the Patriots. Uh, Diana Rossini reported earlier this morning that both John Smith and Corey Davis have been told that the Titans are not going to re-sign them. That makes sense now because if you're Jonu Smith and Rosenhaus, you're getting in touch with the Titans about the offer that you're getting as free agency and the negotiating period opens. And when you learn that they're not going to match or bump up the offer, you're done. Or maybe and they knew whatever they didn't franchise them. I mean, once, once the Titans haven't talked to you a lot about a contract and the Patriots offer that, you're gone. But we know Corey Davis is also in that boat. Um, so we, ex we expect him to get paid. Uh, Jayon Brown uh, is likely leaving as well. He's That's the expectation. more than Matt Milano got, and he got $12 million a year. Of and one of the more consistent players of their free agency group right now is Daquan Jones. He was very consistent on the defensive line. I expect the Atlanta Falcons to be heavy on him with the Arthur Smith and Dean Pease connection. That's a plug-and-play player that knows the Dean Pease defense. Uh, that can get paid, and I know both of them love the guy. I know the Titans love Daquan Jones as a captain, captain. as a captain. But th those are four key pieces. We leave Daquan out of the mix, but the role he played ne next to Jeffrey Simmons, especially with the no-pass rush, uh, that will leave a, a gap in what they do up front. Yeah, too. and I'll say this about Daquan Jones, who I've come to respect more and more, uh, but... They, I think that second starter on the defensive line next to Jeffrey Simmons needs to penetrate more. Adam Butler from the Patriots, who played at Vanderbilt, has 15 sacks in four years playing a position like that. I don't know that he'll cost more than Daquan Jones. And Daquan Jones is getting a little long in the tooth. He's very good at what he does, primarily a run stuffer. But are you looking for him to penetrate the pocket? Once in a while, he'll have a really good game where he does that. Game to game, he doesn't do that. I'd rather see Adam Butler as much as I like Daquan Jones. Somebody like Adam Butler or somebody like Danico Autry. Blake Bettingfield, our, our friend, the former scout, loves Danico Autry. What about Danico Autry next to Jeffrey Simmons on a defensive line for the Titans, a guy that regularly penetrates and, and pushes the pocket as a pass rusher? You know, if you could replace one for one there with Daquan Jones, that'd be a significant upgrade and help everybody on the front. They need more push from everywhere. And that Daquan Jones spot is a spot you can get more push that would be helpful while you address the edge, which we all know is the absolute number one thing where they need multiple people. Well, and if the Titans keep losing these players in free agency, 
Then the question becomes, what is that one for one? You mentioned Autry for Jones. Corey Davis walks out the door. What are they doing at receiver? I'd take Whether it be free agency Carolina. or in the draft. Both. John U. Smith gone. Swain and Ferkser, maybe they don't, they're not going to cut it. There's two guys to play the one thing that John U. Smith could do, right? So then what happens there? That's, A lot of questions. that's all the questions that are yet to be answered, right? Is that, okay, well, now what's next and what's the plan? This is the biggest free agent departing class maybe in the history of this team if you add up the contributions and the money and all of that. And the Titans under John Robinson well, haven't lost free agent. Jack Conklin was the one big free agent lost. Name the second biggest. And we're not even talking about Jadavian Clowney. I don't know if you guys are with me. I have zero interest in Jadavian Clowney coming back. I don't think he'd come back early. He'll come back late. His health is an issue. His contribution was far less than expected, and you only got eight games out of him. Let somebody else play that long-term game with him yes. where he toys with you and doesn't want to sign till camp and everything. They need better than that, more reliable than that. And they need a guy who actually will get some sacks himself. I understand Jadavian Clowney's game, but they need a game that includes actual pass rush from the player himself. Well, there, there is some, some other news uh, with the pass rush uh, today, Paul. You were mentioning some, some players that have been mentioned as discussion pieces for the Titans offseason, already agreeing to contracts across the league. I haven't seen. Tell me. Oh, well, uh, let's see. You, I think you – was it Judon or someone else that you I mentioned seen earlier the Judon today? Judon thing. Uh, I, I'm big into Hassan Reddick is my uh, number one. Yes. I like um, because when he moved to a new spot, they miscast him as an inside guy. As soon as they moved him outside, he exploded. So I think he's undervalued because people think he wasn't that good of a player. But as soon as he got outside, he was a very good player. His own team's not going to resign him because they signed J.J. Watt, and he'll be cheaper, I think, than Judon, Dupree, and, and those guys. You just love him because he went to Temple. You're a big Temple guy, too. Well, my wife, That's why you love, my yeah. wife went That's to Temple, but she's hardly a devotee. Right. <laughs> The, the, the player that I, I was watching uh, once like free Justin agency Houston started also. was uh, Romeo Aquora yeah. from Detroit. He's, he's re-signed there. Um, yeah, we don't to, want these guys falling off the map if you're wanting Titans to yeah, pass rushers. But, you know, I don't know if the Titans can, can jump out and break the bank on one player. Judon, oh, oh, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, that's, that's the one. Sorry. Thank you. Um, Judon's been top of mind for me. But, you know, you can find flaws. I, I think it's funny that we can find flaws with everyone. But this Titans pass rush sucked. Oh, all of these players, absolutely. all of these players absolutely terrible. Listen, massively, raising, massively improved their defense. I am raising my right hand. If they sign a big-time pass rusher, if the Tennessee Titans sign a big-time pass rusher and he comes in and gets six sacks but makes a significant impact in the pass rush, I will not be critical. I will not say, you paid this guy 15 a year and he's only got six sacks? Unless it's Clowney. <laughs> I pledge right now. Well, Clowney was a different bird. But I pledge, and Clowney wasn't getting pressure even. I pledge, oh, but I it, will not say, oh, the influence. Oh, no, 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 it's not that. Oh, no, if you, if you don't understand what Clowney does in a football game, then you don't no. know football. <laughs> God brought it's in. It's not all about to sacks, get, Paul. To get the occasional pressure or sack. Oh, if you don't see all the things, the way he impacts the game, then you don't know the sport. I hereby pledge. I will not be critical of a guy who comes in at 14, 15 million a year this year and doesn't have 10 sacks. If he has six sacks and hits the quarterback and does stuff like that on a regular basis because of what Hutton's saying, how desperate they are and how bad they've been, I will heap praise on that guy. Amen.
I just get a kick out of the clowny, the defensive clowny a year ago. And the, the, you don't know the sport if you don't see the way he – go get the damn quarterback. Yeah. That's what you're paid to do. I, I, don't one, wanna, I don't want to hear it anymore I, about – I hated clowny. I mean, give I, me a I, break. They, they should have signed him. It was the right move to sign him. I think we agree on that. Yes. The one thing he did, he made Jeffrey Simmons – Jeffrey Simmons was better when Clowney was on the field than he was when Clowney was off the field. The, the, the verbal acrobatics and nonsense that some of these coaches tell media members on that team is ridiculous. Go do something. I don't even think that it that was That defense was awful. That and the much. fact that they promoted the guy that was behind the defense a year ago is asinine. That's a horrible decision. Are we getting into that now? We're we going to say this. No, we got plenty. We'll of time get into Bowen later this time. week. Yeah, we've got a long list of things to <laughs> so back to. And Shane Bowen, Mike Vrabel's decision regarding Shane Bowen will be one of those things. I mean, what an absolute middle finger to everyone from Mike well, Vrabel. Well, not to Shane Bowen. To everyone except Shane Bowen. I mean, but the, look, he'd go out there and set the world on fire this year, and I would think that's going to have to be because they're going to make the proper free agent signings. To change the well, defense for that to one. happen. Personnel, absolutely. Personnel is going to be a big part of it, but we'll save it for later. We don't want to get too well, angry here in the first show with, with different things. They also, the Titans now well, have. Maybe we do. The Titans now have an opening at corner as well. We expect Christian Fulton to play a much bigger role in their overall plan. Uh, Dory Jackson. Uh, but get Malcolm Butler right. was one of, the, one of the more consistent players and one of the players that you felt like embodied the fabric of the the team mantra yes right and and they have to release him do he's they're not paying him 14 million dollars we knew that he was going to be all three a player guys that was cut after the season we were saying this last august ba- based on the way the contract rotated in for his year that's the business part of it but it's a big hole in the outside, and he played a big role while Adore Jackson missed the majority of the season. All three guys we knew would be gone are gone. Vaccaro has a replacement, at least, in, yep. in Hooker, yep. who, who was better They're than Vaccaro last year. They're fine now, at Crooks, I mean, depth-wise, it's our issue, yeah. but you put that way down the line with the front-line needs that they have. But uh, there's no replacement plan for uh, Adam Humphreys. Now, he missed a lot of games. Uh, all right, The investment didn't turn out. When he was playing and good, he was effective at what he did. But they need a slot guy. Cam Batson is an emergency replacement. It's not going to be hard to replace Adam Humphrey's production. But, yeah, but True. they set out to get that slot guy because they had issues in the slot. They now again have issues in mm-hmm. the slot. And there's no replacement for Corey Davis. This is why I don't think the roster is very well built in that when people are leaving, you don't have replacements. David Long might be able to replace Jan Brown, probably is going to replace Jan Brown, but it's a come down. Well, you, it's a come down. you have those replacements in the draft, and they whiffed on an entire draft class. So that's part of the reason there are no replacements. Well, hopefully full da- David Long is not a Jayon Brown replacement. He is much slower than Jayon yeah, Brown. I, I agree. You, he's not replacing Jayon Brown. But it's conceivable with all the need that they have that on opening day next year, Jayon s- Brown is the starting inside linebacker opposite Rashawn Evans, who also is nowhere near as good as he needs to be and will be in his last year with the Titans because there's no way they exercise I'm, his fifth year off. I'm not sure Jayon's back. Uh, I think, no, I think Jayon's probably gone. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm they, saying they, they need to go the address. Maybe Kyle Van Noy is that type of player yeah. to go address a behind-the-ball linebacker who can also play off the edge. We saw him do that in New England. He had signed a huge contract, one-year contract in Miami. He's now a free agent. I think he's uh, got attitude issues. I don't at, know that he fits what they're looking for. Oh, give me a break. Oh. They drafted Isaiah Wilson. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I, which means they're the going to reinvest. I don't, I don't, I, which means they're going to reinvest, and they've got to find guys. They, they stuck with Vic Beasley, and they defended him when he wasn't showing up. Guys are gone. Vic Beasley, but I don't. But here's my point: that they they've said one thing and done another. Well, they got to get back uh, to doing multiple times. Yes, he had I, such attitude issues that his former defensive coach signed him in Miami right. and cut him. After well, a year. cut him after a massive contract that he signed after one year. We can't well, discard. Contract, my point great. being is this: we can't discard someone being drafted or picked up in free agency because oh, they don't fit what this this team wants. Well, what do they want? Because the same team, well, we know what they want. They failed to last year. They failed in spades. Then to why get defend Beasley? I agree with you, Hut. That I'm not defending Beasley. No, I'm saying why are they? What? Why? Why is this big mystery about him not showing up and the defense of him when he's not there? I mean, it's it just was ridiculous. I agree with you, Hut. That I, I don't like David Long uh, as as the replacement for Jan. No, I'm just saying the laundry list of things that they need. There, there's going to be a couple of those things they cannot get. The one thing right. they have to have. Is Absolutely. someone that disrupts the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not, not someone. A couple people. Uh, multiple. Multiple. Coming up, let's get back into the, the path for the Tennessee Volunteers in the bracket. Just how it shapes up. We'll take a look at that, and uh, we'll wrap up show number one. I feel like I also should say something about Tennessee football, because we have someone on YouTube offering to pay me money to talk about Tennessee football. And now we'll how do... Much? <laughs> Can I we mean, get that price up? I'm trying to get the bidding going, but yeah, I haven't had the opportunity yet. So maybe we just get the bidding going. And then eventually talk and about it. And here's where we get into something you're not supposed to do on radio, but we're not on all about radio now, only partially about radio. Um, so I'll do what we call a double tease. Um, <laughs> it's the rare double tease. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about redemption. Redemption's coming up, and you can redeem yourself if you have not tried out FanDuel yet, you can jump on the FanDuel Sportsbook app this week. The $50 the risk-free bet as the NCAA tournament gets underway on Thursday. You have until Thursday evening to check out the $50 risk-free bet. And we say, go big with it. Set up a parlay where you can win big on the risk-free bet because if you lose, you're getting your money back. That's the whole idea here. So if you win, Cash in, have a windfall, and let that carry over for the entire tournament at fanduel.com slash OK360. It is OutKick360 on the OutKick OTT network. We are live, OutKick360, live from Blackbird Studio. Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee is where you can find us. TheBlackbirdAcademy.com is the website. If you're interested in audio engineering, studio production, you want to go to school for this, TheBlackbirdAcademy.com is where you can find more information on this world-class facility. Nine state-of-the-art studios, over 14,000 square feet of rehearsal space is here as well with John McBride, Martina McBride, and their fabulous crew here giving us the space for the OutKick 360 studios and the, o, the, the OutKick OTT network. This place is beautiful. Facility is beautiful. You never know who you're going to see here. Getting an education yep. here and the people you might meet or people you might work with being here in the music industry, 
It's pretty cool. We've gotten it's, an education. It's here been overwhelming here. being here and seeing what's going on here every day. A quick round of applause for Blackbird Studios also for hosting us. Thank you, John. And also to Neon for Media for everything that's been done uh, to set up here. Incredible. These guys group. are aces. Yes. Let us know what you think about the setup and show number one. Uh, you can do that on Twitter, at Outkick360. One consistent theme that I've noticed is that our viewers are concerned with Hutton not having a table in front of him like Paul and I have. There is one. It's saying him. that it's almost unfair to Hutton that he has to hold you know, his materials in front of him. We do have Hutton, a, your thoughts? Uh, we, we do have a table. I, I do think I'll need one eventually. Um, I am trying out things as they go here with the show. Ever right. evolving. Look, we are uh, Tomorrow would be pants optional. I mean, yeah. I, who knows? You may tune in tomorrow, and it, it'll be like a Winnie the Pooh setup with no pants and a shirt. <laughs> and the a next day, honey. it's pants, no shirt. Or maybe we just alternate. One of us, I two of us wear a pants, shirt, no one shirt of us doesn't. We're, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it tested well when we went no shirt. It did. It, it really did. tested yeah. through the roof the when we did that. The lighting is terrific. So. On my third nipple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember, we had a third nipple conversation relatively early in our radio career. We did. You never know what you're going to get every single day. Just just tune in and find out. Yeah, hit us up, outkick.com, and uh, follow us on Twitter, at Outkick360. We're so that. happy you're with us. Yeah, you can do that on Instagram as well. Johnny Smith to the Patriots, the Titans news of the day thus far. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers in the tournament, and they get Oregon State first, potentially Oklahoma State in the next round, and quite possibly the number one pick in the NBA draft. Yep. Is who they'll be facing in the second round if think, they advance. I think quite probably yeah. the number one pick in the in NBA draft. And if they get past Oklahoma State, it's Illinois after that. So probably lights out at that point. But uh, Tennessee, you look at their draw, they should beat Oregon State. They're the better team. If they play well and win that one, I think it's going to be a classic if you get that Oklahoma State-Tennessee matchup in the second round. Uh, similar to Tennessee-Iowa, a few years back, if you remember, that great second-round game that went back and forth that Tennessee eventually won. So I think the path is there for Tennessee to possibly get to the second weekend and make the Sweet 16, but it's going to be tough, starting with Oregon State. We will uh, give our thoughts on the matchup later this week during the uh, outkick and the Tennessee Power Hour and expectations, you know, how we would deem success for this Tennessee team, for Rick Barnes and the expectations that he's built with this Tennessee basketball program. That's all coming up this week. I mean, I think this team can do a lot in the next two weeks to overcome not living up to expectations oh, on this season because this team should have been, could have been a lot better than it was. And when this season started, I think we were expecting – better than a five seed and, and one of the best teams in the country. We saw flashes of that, but there was not the well, consistency. I think a great example, go back to 2018 Virginia, number one overall seed in the tournament. They lose to Maryland, Baltimore County. No one cares Historic. at all about Virginia's great regular season. All they remember is they lost as a 16 right. seed. And then when all you they remember a, about the season that exactly. they won the title. When you have a great regular season and you've exceeded expectations and not lived down to them, and you get to the tournament, you lose early when you're not supposed to. That's all fans remember. Tennessee has a chance. It's been a disappointing regular season. They were picked to win the SEC. They finished fourth. They got to the, the final four of the SEC tournament. But this is an opportunity now to erase that if they go on a nice run here in the NCAA tournament. That's all people are going to remember is that, oh, this was the team that got hot late. It's, they're off to a good start the last three games. And then 
piece together a run in the tournament. So that's the opportunity in front of them. Paul, some national news. You, uh, of course, for those that don't know, Paul is a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector, uh, one of the 48 on the selection committee each and every year. Five years from now, you'll be putting Drew Brees in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I will. Uh, he'll get 48 out of 48 votes. Um, guy is, is phenomenal. I think one of you retweeted, if not both, uh, a video that came out. I don't even know what it's from. And uh, I, I, It looked like a sports science piece yeah, or I think it was like pre-sports science yeah. about his accuracy. And it was comparing him to archers from the same distance, I think 20 feet. He's throwing to a target at Paul at Paul Kuhersky NFL is my Twitter handle. I tweeted this out. They had archers shooting from 20 feet to the bullseye, and talked about the regularity with which they hit that. And then it had Drew Brees throwing, 10 for 10. A young Drew Brees to the very center yeah. of this bullseye. And then it was talking about the wobble on his ball and how you need like three wobbles per nine revolutions for the football to be as accurate as it could be and how he consistently throws with exactly that wobble and his <laughs> accuracy uh, is unbelievable. I also think of him, he's not super short, but at six feet tall, he's not the prototypical quarterback. And I think Drew Bo Brees opened doors oh. for non-quintessential 6'3", yeah. 6'5", quarterbacks where you started to look at those guys more, teams started to look at those guys more invitingly. Okay, well, you may not see over the line the way that all of these traditional guys have, but if you could bring me any Drew Brees quality, I'm going to look at you in a new way because look at what this guy's been able to do. He rewrote the history of the NFL in some ways with what he did for New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina where that team could have easily moved. Uh, you know, Sean Payton maybe made his career, but he also made uh, Sean Payton's career. I was talking with Clay on, on his show this morning. Um, you know, what is Sean Payton's uh, footprint now? What's going to happen with Taysom Hill as the quarterback of that team? We saw what happened to Bill Belichick. You can't make the judgment immediately after Tom Brady leaves. They had a bunch of COVID opt-outs and all of that. But what is now Sean Payton without Drew Brees? And I'm not big on Taysom Hill. And, and they've got salary cap problems where they're not going to be the same team. But three years from now, what do we think of Sean Payton post-Drew Brees? I think they're all kind of interesting things. What if he turned into the same player, passed his physical in Miami, played that way for Nick Saban? It rewrites a huge I, chapter. I have no problem saying full faith in Sean Payton and what he's going to do yeah, he'll because be we fine. saw what he did when Drew Brees was out yeah, over the last two years. He's, he's a great a games. He's But a great it's coach. a different thing. I agree. I tend to agree with you, but it's a different thing to have to redo the whole thing instead of paste something together for, what was it, the eight games that he's That's missed right. over the last couple of years. And has there been a bigger no-brainer to go immediately into broadcasting than Drew Brees? Announces this morning on today's show he's joining NBC, which was a poorly kept secret. Yeah. Everyone knew he we was going to We had the contract in place last year. Yeah, Everyone knew he was going straight there. They, but they knew he was going to He announces retirement <laughs> on Sunday night, and Monday morning he's on today's show saying he's going to join NBC. But that's good. a no-brainer. Drew Brees oh, on television is an absolute no-brainer. They're going to no shove aside somebody also who's not good, which I like. I don't know who gets shoved aside, but we know it's somebody Who's not good inferior. on NBC? Uh, you know, uh, uh, broadcast teams. I don't know if he's doing games or if he's doing studio. I think he's doing Sunday night, football night in America, but 
That's a pretty good. Well, they just it's Tony somebody? Dungy, Rodney Harrison, Chris I like Sims. that show quite a bit, even though I don't like Rodney Harrison personally, as, <laughs> as we know, because he doesn't like to have his Maybe he'll take Mike Florio's spot, and then everyone will be happy. Yeah, well, he's not an information <laughs> man, but I wouldn't mind a different information man either. Yeah, so he's going to be a studio analyst in fo for Football Night in America. Yeah. I, I don't think they're kicking just anyone out. Just adding. Just add. I mean, that's a terrific show. There's no complaints with that show. He's also going to help with the Olympics. He's going to be a part of the Olympics. That's, well, that's always cool where you send a guy like that, and if he does his homework, and you would, Drew Brees is the kind of guy that would do his homework, if, if he's talking luge and he invests himself <laughs> completely in luge coverage, it'd be cool. A regular Joe yeah. goes and learns luge and, and, and does luge broadcast. First show. Uh, There'll be no luging on this show. That's, no. that's the plan. No luging no. at all. Or Maybe losing. some skiing, but no luging <laughs> for us uh, when it comes to uh, the slopes. But Big fan of alpine skiing. Yeah, we've never tried the luge. A little dangerous for us. Uh, guys, your, your thoughts on the, the first show? I think it's been fun. Uh, first and foremost, thanks to everyone who helped make this possible. You know who you are. We appreciate all right. of you. Uh, to the production team here and the setup, it's been great. But just to be back together. Has been fun. Hearing hearing the Will Hogue song, America, and a huge shout-out to Will Hogue. Hooked Thank you, Will. granting us the rights to his song, America. If you love the song, don't love it too much because you can't find it on iTunes or anywhere else. You can only find it right here on Outkick 360. But go buy some other Will But Hogue. go buy other Will Hogue songs. It, hearing that song in the commercial that we shot at the Standard at Smith House Get us got juiced. me amped to be back together and do this show. And that's what, the way I felt hearing it again today. So it's great to be back with you guys. Yeah, and this is just the beginning. You know, where we started today uh, is going to be an incredible journey. There is a big picture, big plan for OutKick, OutKick 360 and the OutKick OTT network. This is just step one. Step one step is one. the live stream online and Fox Sports Knoxville props for being affiliate number one. We will build a, an affiliate list, a full radio network, as well as a live stream and much more over the coming weeks. This is going to be a blast. Thank you to all of our season ticket holders for being a part of show number one. And we say thank you to our OutKick VIPs as well because we're about to go do a special VIP broadcast. And there's people already asking, this show will not stay two hours forever. No. no. It's two hours right now in the beginning as we online stream and do all this. Make sure You're, everything works. It's going to be available on podcasts wherever you get your podcast also. But it's going to grow into more. Just like our radio network's going to grow, everything's going to grow. The show's going to grow in length. But Hutton mentioned it. It will continue for another hour for VIPs. Good reason for you to go. I'm looking here now. Good reason for you to go <laughs> online, Outkick VIP. It's very affordable. Sign up right now. If you sign up right now, you could probably join us in the chat that's coming up in about 15 minutes, right? Yeah, uh, yep. in about 20 minutes from now, we'll be live. Let's finish with a little story, shall we? Well, let's do it. The story time signed, with Uncle Polly. The day that we signed off of terrestrial radio was a big surprise to everybody, except for us, because <laughs> it had been coming for quite some time. <laughs> um, either that day or the next day, uh, I got the mail, and in my mailbox was this bottle of Redemption Bourbon. It had a sticky note on it, a yellow sticky note, with the numbers of our former station on it, and a circle and a slash. Very crudely done. I don't know who gave me this bottle. Could have been my mailman, could have been my neighbor. But I thought it was great. And uh, in last week or so, I said to these guys, let's make this bottle of Redemption part of the show. When we have a redeeming moment, 
We'll pull it down from the shelf. We'll pour ourselves a shot. And we'll sign off <laughs> with some shots. And today certainly feels like a redeeming moment. Therefore, the first shot of redemption. That one's a little thin. But we'll do what we can. And so, after the first episode of Outkick 360, to my two comrades, I say... Holly. Cheers. Chad, cheers. Join us tomorrow, live at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. We are back right here for Outkick 360 on the Outkick OTT Network. Cheers. Redemption. Gentlemen, cheers.